Hello world! The more I listen to that jingle, the more I like it. <laughs> hey Frank! Hello! Today we have a super packed episode and with me today for that Microsoft Graph Day, I have Darrell. Hello! How are you my friend? I'm doing very well. So uh, before we go into details, let's introduce the speaker you brought with you today. Oh, I brought a whole slew of speakers today. Uh, first up, we have uh, Fabian and Brian. Fabian Williams and Brian Jacket. Uh, tell us about yourselves. Hey, Brian. Nice giraffe. <laughs> what do you do, Brian? Hello, Daryl. Hello, Fred. Good to, good to have you guys here. Uh, my name is Brian T. Jacket, member of the Microsoft Graph team, senior per, um, PM on the team. Uh, my specific focus area is on graph connectors and Microsoft Search. Uh, with me also, we have Fabian. Hey everyone, um, Fabian Williams here. I'm also um, presenting today with uh, Brian and my focus area is on Microsoft Teams and reporting. So what uh, your demo will be uh, about today? Sure, so we're gonna give a couple different areas of getting started with Microsoft Graph. You know, there's a lot of different workloads that we support on Microsoft Graph. So where can I get started from documentation, from SDKs, uh, being able to actually test out uh, different reports and other things you wanna do from queries. Uh, so I'll show you a little bit of Graph Explorer as well as some Postman information. Cool. Yeah, I'll be covering, um, you know, what it takes to initially get off, you know, to, and be successful in Microsoft Graph. So first thing is definitely know where the docs are and also working with the SDK to make sure that you stay within our better practices. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Who else do you have for the show today, Darrell? So let's bring up Vincent, uh, who's doing proxy for Beth Pan. So Vincent, what are we going to see uh, in the next session? Yeah, so hi everyone. I'm a proxy for Beth Pan, who's an engineer on the Microsoft Graph Toolkit uh, team. And she'll be showing to you how you can get started with a Microsoft Graph Toolkit to turbocharge your application with ready-to-use data-connected components. Oh, excellent. And uh, and after that... Well, let's oh, bring yeah. Vincent back again, because okay. <laughs> I'm a proxy. <laughs> we have a, a double session. Uh, who, who's the next session with, Vincent? So the next session will be with Sébastien Levert, uh, who's a senior program manager on the customer experience uh, team uh, for Microsoft Graph, and also with Waldeck Mastikas, who is an evangelist, or sorry, a senior content engineer uh, for the Microsoft Graph team as well. And they'll be introducing how to get started with a Microsoft Graph JavaScript SDK that you can use to embed in your JavaScript slash TypeScript applications and how you get, get can get started, start to query Microsoft Graph and build uh, integrated uh, applications with Microsoft 365. Wonderful. And we have another proxy or? No, no last I'm but not least. For myself. <laughs> Vincent, introduce what you're going to be talking about. So hi, everyone again. I'm Vincent. I'm a developer on the Microsoft Graph SDK team. And I'll be showing you how to get started with a .NET SDK so you can, again, integrate your application with Microsoft Graph APIs and Microsoft Graph 365, Microsoft 365 services in your .NET applications. Wonderful. So it looks like we have like a, a multi-user here. <laughs> Not sure. Is it secure? Is it, is it, does it work? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's wonderful. And uh, Daryl, what's your role in that team? Are you working on everything is done by, uh, by Vincent? Yeah, I just watch all these folks do all of their, their awesome work. Uh, no, I, I, I work as an API architect working with teams who are bringing APIs uh, to the graph and help bring that level of consistency to all the APIs across Graph. Oh, wonderful. A nice big team. And like, there's a lot of people on that team also who are living in Montreal. Montreal Yay! for the win. So you know what? Let's let's start with that first uh, demo segment. So who, are, who should we bring on? OK, let's bring back Fabian and Brian. And uh, we're going to see uh, their video all about um, Microsoft Graph and Graph Explorer. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is the section where we're going to be talking about getting started with Microsoft Graph. The one-stop shop that you need to know for everything for this will be graph.microsoft.com. We'll be showing you a couple different tools and different areas that you can use to get started with this. Uh, first things first, we'll kick off with some of the SDKs and documentation. Fabian, take it away. Absolutely. So as Brian mentioned, the first place you want to go is graph.microsoft.com. So that's what I just put in the browser and clicked. And ideally, if you're getting started with the Microsoft Graph, Docs is where you want to begin, right? you got to learn about what the, what the landscape looks like. 
So by clicking on the docs icon right here and going down to particularly guides, this is a great place to start. It really gives you an overview of what Microsoft Graph is all about. I like to term this uh, image right here as a blueprint because it really showcases some of the experiences and how you can build with the graph. First thing, you can certainly build inside your own experiences. So if you're bringing things to the table, you want to leverage a Microsoft Graph in your ecosystem, brilliant. It's there for you. However, you can also extend the Microsoft Graph experience and build inside where we have you know, Microsoft Graph in terms of the workloads for SharePoint, the workloads for Office, and so on and so forth. And beneath that, understand that the Microsoft Graph has data for all your data, all your services that you're consuming in M360, Microsoft 365, and also external data that you can port in, and also in the case of Microsoft Graph Data Connect, MGDC, data that you're pushing out as well. So that's a great place to start. Um, underneath that, um, it talks about the platform, um, you know, what is the graph, and this image is really um, you know, one that I, I love talking about. Because Microsoft Graph really centers around the user, whether it's the user doing their own activity or their user working or interacting with people ad hoc or working in a more hierarchical fashion. And there's a great video to supplement that as well. So notwithstanding that, the next place to go, and I'm going to go back to graph.microsoft.com again, is the uh, API reference. I love the API reference. Even today, after using Microsoft Graph many, many years, um, I love coming here because it really, you know, things change and you know, things evolve. So it's always come, um, good to come back here to see what's released. And in terms of the release cadence, the, um, the API has a V.1 endpoint, but it also has a V.1 endpoint as well. And um, what you see may be different. Um, of course, we encourage you to build in the V1 endpoint. But if you wanted to type something, let's say like my, uh, Teams. I mean, I, I'm always working in Microsoft Teams and doing lists, joint, you know, the teams that I'm joined. This gives you a wealth of information. It talks about the permissions that you need, so you know whether you're working in an interactive or delegated mode concept. Um, or if you're running like a daemon application, something that's running under service and you need app permissions. It gives you an example also of um, you know, the request that you've been making, the HTTP verbs, and whether it's a get, a post, a put, a patch. And um, it also gives you the fact whether or not you can support it with OData queries. So whether you can do you know, query filter, query sort, um, and, and, and the like. If you're working inside, um, as you'll hear about from when Brian comes on, talk about Graph Explorer or versus um, you know, something like a Fiddler or Postman, you may need to supply your um, headers as well tells you whether or not HTTP verb talks about a request body and an example of the response and what you should see. So by coming here um, under, under the docs, it really gives you that information. Let me move over now, again, going back to graph.microsoft.com and now going down to, the, uh, to uh, sorry, getting started and clicking all. Here, basically, we, we're meeting you wherever you are. So whether you are a .NET developer, a Python developer, JavaScript developer, so on and so forth, Microsoft Graph has an SDK that will allow you to build in your own language. Um, one of the things that I re really like is this ability to actually have a quick start. So immediately, from you can go from zero to hero quite immediately. I'm going to go ahead and actually click Build an App. And all you need to do is identify the language that you want to build in. So I'm going to click ASP.NBC. And you can see it even tells you if you don't have Visual Studio, you can go ahead and download the Community Edition or the Enterprise Edition. But once you've done that and click Get App ID and App Secret, that's all you really need. I'm going to go ahead and here it has my name um, for the tenant that I'm going to be tied to. I'm going to click Sign In real quickly. And um, once I do this here, you can actually see that it's, um, it's, it has um, an ID and token that is going to provide me that's going to give me all the permissions. Let's spin around it, all the permissions that I need in order to get to the Microsoft Graph. Then I can actually click download the SDK code sample, and I'm on my way. Brian, take it away. So it's great if you want to be able to get started with your code and see things kind of from the quick start perspective. But a lot of times, people tell us that they want to be able to actually do this in the browser. You know, maybe I don't want to fire up Visual Studio or other kind of uh, platforms. And for this, we have Microsoft Graph Explorer. You can get this in the show notes. We'll have a link to this, aka.ms slash GE. And what's great about this is, we'll show on my screen on here, I can come into Graph Explorer. Uh, if you have your own demo tenant, great. I can be able to go and log in with this user. You'll see that I'm actually logged in with one of my demo uh, users. And I've got my sample query on here, just simple graph.microsoft.com slash v1 and go into the me endpoint. And when I run this, I'm actually getting back live data for the logged in user. So I can actually go and see what does that payload look like from the actual um, request and from the response. I want to take a look at any of the request headers on here. Also, as well, for the response on this, I can see the sample JSON that's coming back from it, response headers. 
or even be able to go take a look at what are the code snippets look like if I wanted to actually code this into my environment. So I can see what this looks like inside of C Sharp, JavaScript, Java, Objective-C, and we're adding more and more as we go along. There's also additional components. If you're looking for things like Microsoft Graph Toolkit, go to embed this into a web experience, or even adaptive cards if you're doing things inside of Microsoft Teams or other areas. Left-hand side, you can see a lot of different sample queries that we have on here for getting started, work with applications, Excel, extension groups, and so forth. So lots of great ways to be able to go and work with that data directly in your browser and be able to mock things out. Now, separate from doing things in the browser, another thing that we do make available is our Graph Explorer collection in Postman. And this is a great scenario where you want to be able to bring your own authentication or you want to be able to modify some additional things, run some tests and so forth. And so for this, we do provide a Graph uh, connector collection. You can see that we have things for our delegated requests. We have things for our application requests. And we even build into this ways to go and get your access token for this. So a lot of the same queries that we saw inside of Graph Explorer, we can also do inside of Postman and be able to actually pull that data up uh, and simulate what the queries are for this. So this is kind of a quick ramp up for you, but really appreciate your time. Hopefully you're able to learn a couple of new things that you can learn to be able to work with Microsoft Graph, Graph Explorer, the docs, the SDKs, Postman, and a lot of other great areas. So thank you for your time and we'll see you later. Wonderful, that's cool. I have a question for you guys. So um, is there a learning path where people could get started on that? Absolutely, I can take this one. Um, we do have on the Microsoft Learn site, if you go to docs.microsoft.com slash learn, you can find that we do have a Microsoft 365 developer learning path. And as part of that, there's a number of different modules, some other training materials that are all related to Microsoft Graph. So a great way to be able to go and find out more about um, Microsoft Graph, learn at your own pace, take some various types of um, uh, questions and other things to actually ramp yourself up. So a great way to get learning. Wonderful. You know what? I will paste those links in the chat. It will also be in the show notes. Eh, good catch. Prod is in fire today. <laughs> so we had also a question from the chat. So I, I didn't have the time to mention it earlier, but at every step of the episode after that, every demo will have people doing a live Q&A for you. So ask your question in the chat. And even if we move on and talk about a different topic, those folks are still there. So they all for the next hour, they will be there answering your question in the chat. So feel free to go there. So we have a two, we have a few questions. So Corey is asking, do you have any SDK for a developer to use? Yeah, I can take this one. Um, so um, one of the things that I mentioned in, in my specific topic was if you go under uh, getting started with graph.microsoft.com, click on the tab for getting started, um, you're able to get a screen that talks at length about the SDK. Um, one of the links allows you to click directly and download it directly from GitHub. So that's a great way to get started. And I think I actually answered it in the chat, so the links are provided there. Wonderful. Anything else? That yeah, Darrell, do you see any other questions? We yeah, there was, there was another question about how you can test out queries in Microsoft Graph. Um, Brian, you touched on Graph Explorer, which is a great way to do that, right? So <laughs> let you take that one. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so one of the ways that we like to make it a very easy on-ramp um, to actually go and test out your queries is, hey, I don't need to write any code, don't need to write any kind of console applications or anything else. We have our tool called Microsoft Graph Explorer. Go to aka.ms slash GE. Um, you can actually be able to pull up, and if you don't have a Microsoft 365 tenant to test with, no worries. We actually have a sandbox tenant that you can actually go and do some sample queries against. If you do have your own demo tenant, great. You can actually log in with those credentials and be able to see live data coming back. So if you're trying to go and find out profile information, if you're trying to query against your emails, against your tasks, against your um, Teams chats, any of the various different APIs we have on Microsoft Graph, you can actually go and do live queries against that and get um, results back directly in your browser. So quick and easy way to be able to go and get access to uh, sample data in there and be able to see what those uh, response payloads look like directly in your browser. Yeah, and just to follow up on that as well, um, from the documents um, page um, and also one of the things that I spoke about, you actually have the ability to try it, which will actually open up an inline um, Graph Explorer there, and you're able to try out the query there directly. Um, so that's another good way of um, testing out things as you are learning about it. Yeah, and even if you can access uh, your company's uh, tenant, you'll find that there's possibly a lot of queries that you can't run because you require administrative consent. So it's why it makes that whole developer tenant so much better because you can be the admin of that tenant and test out all kinds of things. 
Oh, interesting. Okay, so I know to get started. I know there's tools. What if I have question? Is there a, like a central place where I could ask my questions? Yeah, there's a few places that we have access to this. Uh, if you go into the graph.microsoft.com, there is a uh, get help section on there. And one of the primary points, places they're going to point you to is actually on Microsoft Q&A. Uh, so it's going to be our new forum for where you can go and ask questions. And we actually have a dedicated team who is triaging, monitoring, and responding to all those questions that are out there. Easiest way to get out there directly is go aka.ms slash askgraph. And from there, you can go and find out what's the categories you're looking for. You know, if it's for related to emails, if it's related to tasks, if it's related to your files and whatnot, um, feel free to go ahead and ask your questions in there, upvote questions, see what else other people would ask in there. Uh, but a great way to go and ask your questions and get some um, uh, recommendations and, and responses on those. So cool. Fabian, you mentioned uh, in your presentation about the beta versus V1. Can mm -hmm. you dig into in a little bit more detail and explain well, when should I use V1 versus beta? Well, I, I think that the, bet, the most appropriate answer is that you should always be using V1 in your production code and not beta. Um, you know, but granted, you know, we, we live in a real world. I do meet partners and customers all the time that actually use beta in their production code, typically because um, you know they, they either want to remain cutting edge or you know it does take a little bit of time. Um, especially uh, you being an API architect, you could probably attest to this. Working with different teams behind the scenes, getting things out into V1 can take time, and that doesn't necessarily line up with the release cadence of our partners versus the release cadence as we release things inside Microsoft. Um, so though not encouraged, I, I do see it in. In, in the wild. Um, one of the good things that um, our team does, the customer and partner experiences team, is that we work with customers and partners in this vein. So um, should you be so bold to be building inside the beta um, endpoint, you can certainly contact us, and we're happy to help you through it as much as we can. Wonderful. Thank you. So once more, Dara, uh, Brian and Fabian will be uh, still in the chat. There's too many names today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in the chat answering your question all along, but uh, Daryl, now it's time for our next guest to uh, to show up or the, the next demo. Let's bring Vincent back. <laughs> Why? I'm not surprised. <laughs> Hi again, Vincent. So, queue up. Tell us what we're what are we going to see in this next segment from Beth? So yeah, uh, during this next demonstration. Beth Pan on the, from the Microsoft Graph Toolkit team is going to show us the Microsoft Graph Toolkit. This toolkit is a set of components that are ready to use that look like Office 365 and that are uh, connected to Microsoft Graph to real data. So you can just, you know, take the component, put it in your application, and you're ready to go. You're already delivering value to your customers and end users. And so, yeah, uh, Beth is going to show us how you get started with that toolkit and how you can integrate it in your own application. Great. Let's take a look. What is a Microsoft Graph Toolkit? So the Microsoft Graph Toolkit is a collection of reusable and framework agnostic uh, components and authentication providers for accessing and working with Microsoft Graph. These components are fully functional right out of the box with built-in providers that authenticate with and fetch data from the graph. OK, and whose is this for? Like, is it for me? And like, do we need to be super tech or less or? That is a good question. So because of uh, the authentication providers that we've built are uh, cross-platform, uh, this is for any developer who wants to build web apps or Teams tabs or SharePoint web parts that calls the Microsoft Graph. And um, all of these components work across different browsers. So um, it's very you know, out of the box and fully functional. That's cool. That's always uh, pleasing and easy when we can just open it and start using it. Exactly. But why would you choose the Graph Toolkit? So when we first started designing the Graph Toolkit, one of the most uh, difficult part that developers always told us is it's really difficult to connect to the Graph to do the authentication um, by ourselves. So the Graph Toolkit was born to tackle this problem. And we want it to be fully functional so you can just drop a couple lines of code on your um, whatever your project, and then it just works. And that's what we wanted to do. And it's the most important reason to use the graph toolkit is because it's functional. And then um, going off of that, I mentioned earlier that Microsoft Graph Toolkit also works in any browser and with any web framework or UI framework because we design it to use uh, web components as the base. Um, so then you can work, you can use it within your React project, Angular or vanilla JavaScript. And then this is why it's also easier to work with inside of your Teams tab or SharePoint uh, web parts. And we recently introduced more providers to work with 
um, things like what is the Carl's browser one? Uh, Electron. So if you're building Electron apps now, you can also use our uh, providers to build your apps that works everywhere. And then on top of everything that I've just said, it is very beautiful and out of the box. It looks just like your M365 uh, applications that Microsoft developed. So when you're building something that you want to look like a Microsoft product or has the Microsoft look and feel, it just come with it. And then last but not least, we have a lot of people asking us, oh, what if I don't want it to look like you know, a Microsoft look and feel? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it is super flexible and customizable. We provide a lot of templates for you to find the data in the way that you want it. And we also provide things like custom CSS uh, properties for you to utilize in order to change, you know, colors and borders and define and to fit your own uh, design. I think lastly is something that I already uh, talked about. We have so many different authentication providers that you can just utilize. Uh, you know, that works for your web application. So those are all the reasons. Oh, that's good. Like, you know, everybody's happy this way. And like, you could do it yourself. But then like, if you do that, it's much simpler. Exactly. Uh, you know what they say? See it to believe it. Do you want to show us a little bit more about it? Sure. Let's go ahead and um, let me share my screen. And if you can see, I'm in a directory uh, that I created in this folder called Hello World. And let me see what's in this folder. I just created a file, uh, it's called index.html, which it would be your, you know, if you're building a vanilla JavaScript or whatever HTML web app, this is all you need, right? So I'm gonna open this in my Visual Studio code, uh, right here, code is opening. Uh, what I'm gonna do is, one second. If you zoom, here. we'll be able to see it, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna start with a, Boilerplate HTML page. Actually, I'm gonna make this full screen. Um, and then as you can see, there's nothing really on this page, right? I'm gonna change this to demo. And then the first thing you wanna do is import the Microsoft Graph Toolkit library. So anything and everything that you wanna see from our docs, you can go to aka.ms slash mgt docs, and you will find everything that you needed. I already have this pulled up in Etch. Um, in the getting started guide, if you and we'll put down, everything in the in the show notes. Sorry, we'll we'll put everything in the show notes. Okay, thank you. And then if you scroll down, there's a section uh, that says you can use the unpackage um, to just drop a script tag in order to import the graph toolkit uh, package into your uh, project. So I'm just going to copy all those lines and put it right here. And then another thing that I'm going to do is, I'm not going to show you here, but there are detailed documentations out there for you to uh, follow, is to create a Azure Active Directory client ID. This will help your app to know uh, what authentication provider or platform to go to in order to retrieve the tokens to get data from the Microsoft Graph in order to you know, present all these data on your uh, application. So I've created this earlier. I'm going to copy. Um, my client ID because we don't have time to really show how to create it. I'm going to save it. And as you can see, I only added three things here, right? There's a script tag, there's an MSL provider, and there's a logging component. And if I run this right now, click go live, this is the live server. Uh, that's kind of like an add-on uh, built in with Visual Studio Code. And I go to port 5500 in my browser. Refresh. Ta-da! It's showing me signing yeah. button. Isn't it cozy? <laughs> With and this is my name, giraffe. my email. Yeah, my email information. That's a little giraffe logo for our toolkit. Um, and you can also go to um, or add more component on your web page, like agenda. We'll show the calendars. What if I wanted to get all my files from my um, OneDrive? Then you can do mgt-file-list. I just hit, hit save, came back. Now you can see a list of files. Isn't that amazing? Definitely much easier than like having to write all the code required for yeah, that, awesome. right? Right, yeah, absolutely. So if you wanna see what are the other components that we have made available and providers, uh, you can go to, mgt.dev oh, is our uh, developer component playground for people to kind of explore. Um, and this is a sandbox solution that you don't have to really create your own account or sign in or do any of that, it just works. 
Um, you should also go check out our repo at aka.ms slash MGT, and that will show you all the goodies in GitHub. Thank you. That was wonderful. Thank you. That's awesome. I feel like there's a little team here. Everybody's loving that little giraffe thing. You, you think there's a, a theme with the giraffe, the giraffe? giraffe? It's not so subtle, is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, you could have been in a onesie, though. Uh, I, been there, done that. <laughs> so, um, again, uh, what's the, the question? I'm sure we have tons of questions already. Do you want to start with the, the vols? With the, the sure. I, I mean, one of the awesome things about the MGT uh, toolkit is that it is an open source project. So uh, people, so Vincent, how, how do people go and uh, either do fixes or make suggestions to uh, so, toolkit? Yeah, for uh, suggestions, the easiest thing to do is to go to the Microsoft Graph Toolkit repository on GitHub, and you have a link uh, in, in the description. And uh, there you will have the ability to create a new issue. And when you create a new issue, it will ask you, is it a bug? Is it a feature request? Is it something else? So you can go pick up a feature request because you want to add something new into the Microsoft Graph Toolkit and then describe the kind of scenario and behavior that you would like to have as a new component or in an existing component. And then if you're up to uh, putting together a pull request and implementing that uh, new behavior or new component, we strongly encourage you to do so. We absolutely love to receive a community contributions. In fact, for the last release that released a couple of weeks ago, if I remember right, there were two new uh, contributions from the community. And uh, if you're so inclined to pull a pull request together and uh, you know bring new components or bring new behavior. We might also ask you to come on uh, community calls that we organize every week to uh, showcase that new component or that new behavior to the broader community so everyone is aware that it's here and they can use it. That's super cool. That That's awesome. I just like, a few weeks ago, you see? A few days ago? A few weeks ago, the last release that came out had two new uh, con community contributions in the new things that came out. That's awesome. Okay, I you know I I never I should I should I say that I didn't play yet with Graph. You should. Uh, but there's ton of stuff, and that toolkit is awesome. Like, is there a, mo a learn module where I could get started? Yeah, so there's a couple of ways to get started with the Microsoft Graph Toolkit. Uh, of course, we have a learning path on graph.microsoft.com uh, that you can check out there and play with the different uh, components. Uh, you can also explore the documentations as well at aka.ms slash mgt docs. And if you want to just explore what kind of components are available, what they do, those kind of things, you can perfectly you go to mgt.dev. This is kind of a playground where you can drag and drop the components, tweak them, see what they look like, see what kind of data they display, and all those kind of things. And it's very uh, helpful for you to, you know, without having to install anything on your desktop, any tool or anything like that, you just play within your browser uh, with, um, with a playground and explore the toolkit itself. Yeah, Wonderful. I, I've I, definitely. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm adding it already to uh, my uh, to do list here on, yeah. on Learn, and I will share the link to everybody. What do you it's say, Daryl? It's definitely the best place to go and just play around with the, the components and see how they work and what you can do with them. Um, one other thing, question that we do get fairly regularly uh, is comparing the graph toolkit mm. components to adaptive cards. Because adaptive cards is another really interesting tech sure. for rendering components. Um, mm -hmm. And so could you just compare a little bit as what, what uh, the difference is between the two components? So uh, let's take a step back first and, and, and briefly introduce what adaptive cards are. They're a standard way to describe and display data in action on a screen, regardless of a technology or the application host. So now you have to think of your uh, different scenarios. You will probably use MGT if you're building your own application and you control the host whether it's a web application or uh, a, a Windows application. And you know you're, you own the, the canvas, basically. You own the technology that's displaying the different components. You want to build something fairly custom. On the other hand, the adaptive cards, they are used to um, by a number of different technologies, like the Microsoft Bot Framework, like Microsoft Teams, like Outlook, and a bunch of other technologies out there. And they allow you to display 
some data with actions in a standard way across those different can canvas that you don't necessarily control. And that's a way for you to not to have to re-implement you know, a view for this specific canvas and that specific technology and this other canvas again and again and again. If you just describe it in a standard way with the kind of components you want to um, to display and the kind of data you want to display. And then the host, the canvas, that is compatible with adaptive cards will say, oh yeah, I know how to display that and display the different things and the different actions on the screen, whether you're in Teams or Outlook or any other kind of client like that. Wonderful. Uh, love it. Uh, in the chat, we have a poll if you are interested to vote if, you know, if are, are you a big fan of a graph or you never use it. So feel free to go in the chat. There's a poll. I know it's always very popular. Uh, right now, I'm assuming for the next demo, we'll see again Vincent, but what... Where, where do we go now? Oh, absolutely. Vin Vincent is going to join me again, but for a different set of presenters. Exactly. Uh, who do we have coming up for this next session? So, so this time we have Sebastian Lever, who is a pro senior program manager for the customer and uh, experience team. Uh, he's in the same team as Fabian and Brian, actually. And we also have uh, Waldek Masticas, who is a senior content engineer for the Microsoft um, uh, Graph team. And they'll show us how to get started with a JavaScript SDK when you are building either front-end or back-end applications and using JavaScript or uh, TypeScript. Well, we have an SDK for you out there that you can use to facilitate to how to communicate and, and talk to Microsoft Graph. And they are going to walk you uh, through how to get started with that. Wonderful. Okay. It was a long recording. They had a lot to say. So let's start that video. <laughs> All right, Seb. So with the Microsoft Graph, you can access the data uh, that we create every day in our work in Microsoft 365, right? Yep, absolutely. One, one of the way to access data is to use an SDK, right? So what would be the benefit, would you say, for using the Microsoft Graph JavaScript SDK in your app? I think the, the, the top benefit is to really simplify the developer's life, to be able to discover the surface that exists to be able to do some complex operations without having to craft all of your objects and everything. And luckily today, I'll be able to show you some highlights of how you can build an app with a JS SDK and how this kind of relates to connecting to Microsoft Graph, getting data out of Microsoft Graph, and that's it. So, uh, yeah. So, um, will you also show off? Because if there is one thing that everybody for some reason finds hard is off. Like, how do you get a token? Will you also show that? I will definitely show a, a little bit of auth, but also how we can leverage some other tooling that exists at Microsoft to simplify a lot of the authentication uh, uh, pieces that are sometimes a little bit more complex into apps to make sure that in the end, auth is not hard with the Microsoft Graph. Cool, so how about we see it in, uh, we see it in action? Let's let's dive into the demo. Here I have a super extremely simple HTML file. That HTML okay. has basically in there basically nothing, a couple of styles, um, and has HTML and a couple of scripts at the end. We're mm -hmm. doing a very, very, very simple application. But let me show you the app, and then afterwards we're gonna dive in and understand a little bit some of the pieces here. So the, the app is the following big, beautiful, sign it with Microsoft button, thinking that here I'm already logged into any Microsoft 365 tenant, mm -hmm. and I just click on sign in with Microsoft. What happens mm -hmm. here? I'm getting a prompt, and automatically it says, welcome my name here. How beautiful is that? Excellent, so it, it even knows who you are. Exactly, I'm already signed in, to this application. So it remembers me. There's a system of a caching for the authentication. So it remembers who I am. And then it shows my name. But how do you get the name of someone, right? Well, how mm -hmm. do you do that? Well, we do that through Microsoft Graph, through the currently authenticated user, and we go straight into the Microsoft Graph. So if I go back into the code and we go in one of the files, which is called um, graph.js, we're going to find this extremely simple function. Mm -hmm. Here we're getting the user, the information about the user. The first thing we're going to do, we're going to ensure that we have the right scopes or the right permissions to get access okay. to the currently logged in user. 
as the Microsoft Graphics OAuth 2.0 uh, secured web API, we need to specify which type of permissions we have uh, right there. And then afterwards, we just simpli simply return through our graph client, we're using the SDK here. We're asking the API, so slash me, the full API will be graph.microsoft.com slash v1 slash me. Mm -hmm. I'm selecting the fields here. So we're using OData um, um, uh, words here, uh, verbs on which properties I want to select. And I just do a get. And automatically, I'm automatically getting this specific information that I can then print onto my app. How cool, cool is that? Guess, so that, that is cool. And it's really simple. But there's the one thing that, that we haven't seen yet. To yeah. Token. Where where do we get token from? Because you mentioned graph is um, OAuth two oh right. So you yep. need to you need like it is an API that is available anonymously. So you need to authenticate. Yes. Where is the token? So we're utilizing the token for to get the token. We're using the auth.js file in here, which we're using MSAL. So the Microsoft uh, authentication library for JavaScript. We're using a, a flavor of it called the MSAL browser where here we just have to specify what is our client ID, what's our tenant ID, where do you, we want to be redirected, and the rest of this um, application will take care of auth, all the redirection, creating the payload, sending the payload to the authentication endpoints, getting them back, managing caching, managing also exceptions. Think about oh. you want to access a highly secure SharePoint site, or you have... MFA enabled on um, Exchange Online. Well, we're going to make sure that we do send the right payload, receive the right responses, react to it, send another uh, payload if we need to have, for example, an MFA confirm on your phone. So we're using MSAL to do this. Don't craft cool. it yourself. Do no, it straight. Do it with absolutely. what we offer. Absolutely, right? So in other words, with the SDK, we don't need to worry about plumbing we can focus on building our app, right? So what else can we get from both Graph and what else um, can we do through the SDK? Absolutely. So let's go um, um, right back into our, our demo and, and continue a couple of the different here. One of the things we see a lot in, in applications is to see faces of people, to always have the same person in every app. We see that a lot in Office 365. So for example, here I can get the profile picture with a very similar call, which is exactly the same type of call we've been doing before, but now we're just hitting another endpoint. In that case, slash me, slash photo, slash value. We're getting a, a base 64 um, out. We craft a nice image and we do it. Something we can do also is to start traverse the graph and understand how not just me, but how am I related to other people? like my direct reports as a manager mm -hmm. or get my manager and get their direct reports. Same thing here. And then when I click on show direct reports, now I have access to all of my direct reports. All that data lives within Microsoft 365. And finally, with exactly the same thing, I can get user files to my OneDrive, to my OneDrive for business through this endpoint right here where I can see show files and then apps and all of this. So not only you can access to one piece of data, we can access to anything that lives in Microsoft 365 with a single API. You don't have to learn all of that. Awesome, Will. Thanks, Olek. Thank you, Seb. Cheers. That was awesome. Right. Yeah. We had a lot of questions coming going on in the chat. So uh, we had, uh, let me find it again. Um, Sadev was asking, uh, he was saying, we have requirement to get all employee data uh, API slash user under a specific org. Uh, what's the best way to do that? So uh, right now I would say that the easiest way to do that is through the direct reports endpoint. So under the uh, any user, you have another endpoint that exists that's called a direct reports that will uh, list out all the people that 
directly report to that person effectively. And, and you can call that endpoint recursively. So if you have user A and he has a report uh, user B, and then that um, user, she has a report user C, well, you keep calling uh, um, the, the endpoint recursively until you do not list any other users. Cool. Awesome. So um, do the SDKs, uh, one of the things that, I, uh, that developers have run into when using SDKs is they'll get that dreaded 429 when they call the API mm -hmm. too much. Do, do the SDKs help uh, in, in helping with those kind of error messages? So first, for anyone who doesn't know every HTTP status code by heart, it, uh, 429 means uh, too many requests. It means that you're sending too many requests to the server or the service, and the service tells you, hey, back off a little bit. You're calling me too often. And, and the service does that to protect itself so we don't impact uh, our customers or anything like that, right? Uh, now that we've said that, uh, yes, that's one of the many reasons why you should leverage an SDK instead of using you know, your own implementation or the, just an native HTTP client you have on your platform. Because we do invest a lot of time and energy into handling for you automatically all those cases where for example, in the example of a two-minute request response, well, we just read the back off time and then we wait a little bit and uh, try the request again. So for your code, it is transparent, right? Effectively, one request failed, but your code does not see it because the SDK handles that for you and it makes your code more resilient in that case. So this is why you should use SDKs instead, again, of a native client or your own implementation, because we bake in a lot of things here, a lot of middlewares, as we call them, that make life simpler uh, for you. So I noticed in the demo that, that Seb was doing that mm -hmm. some of the paths, like the path to the, the resource, like the uh, WAC users direct mm -hmm. reports or me direct reports, was, was a string. Uh, yes. Some of the other uh, SDKs for Graph have a more strongly typed way of doing mm -hmm. that. Are we looking into a solution for uh, TypeScript, JavaScript to do, make it easier to build requests? Yes, um, absolutely. So um, we are right now working on this new generator that we call Kyoto. That's an open API-based uh, generator that will allow you to use an open API description and generate an SDK uh, with a fluent API to, to that HTTP API. And part of the reasons why we are doing that effort is because we want to bring uh, generation capabilities for us to be able to build a fluent API TypeScript SDK uh, for Microsoft Graph. So this way you could do, like you do in other languages today, if you're using our SDKs like in .NET or in Java, you could do my client, .me, .messages with a message ID, .attachments, and so on and so forth. And it will build the request for you. It will uh, serialize the payload for you automatically, deserialize the response automatically for you. And you only have to uh, work with um, plain objects and not strings anymore or nothing like that anymore. Okay, that's awesome. And we've done examples around enterprises and stuff, but can you also use Microsoft Graph to get at like consumer data if you have a, an Outlook.com account? Of course. So uh, not all the APIs that are available in the enterprise world are available in the uh, consumer world. That's because you know the different services and the different offerings that are out there. But one of the great values of Microsoft Graph is that you can you have a single API that works the same way, that has the same exact kind of behavior and the same endpoints for both enterprise and consumer data. So it's great if you're an ISV building, you know, your custom solution that you're selling and you don't want to uh, build a connector for OneDrive consumer and a connector for OneDrive for business. No, it's going to be the exact same uh, connector. The only uh, difference is going to be in terms of authentication and authorization. But once you have that in place, all the code that talks to OneDrive through Microsoft Graph is going to be the exact strict same and that's a lot of value for you because not only you get um, access to the data for all the users in the enterprise world but you also get access to the data for all the users in the consumer world and that's a significant user base uh, to date wonderful and guess what i found also a learning path so i put it in the chat it will also be in the show notes I found it. Sebastian told me it was the, it was there for <laughs> kind of a reshare. Uh, let's move on for the next demo. I see the time flying. We have fun today. A lot of mm -hmm. activity in the chat. I like that. So I'm assuming that it will be Vincent again. <laughs> oh, it, 
it's a double dosing of Vincent this time. Oh, uh, exactly. He's, he's introducing himself this time. Yes. So hi, everyone. I'm Vincent, a developer on the SDK team. Uh, today, I'm going to be uh, demonstrating how you can get started with a .NET SDK uh, to build .NET application uh, to talk to Microsoft Graph and integrate with Microsoft 365 services. Wonderful. Let's play that demo. What type of apps can we build? That's a very good question. So when we work with .NET Framework, we have to recognize that we can build many types of different applications. You can, of course, uh, build the very simple console application for the background worker or the services. But you can also build things like backend applications for the web with APIs or ASP.NET MVC. But on top of that, you can build uh, fully uh, interactive applications for mobile or for the desktop, as well as uh, progressive web apps using uh, Blazor today. That's awesome. That's multiple types. So which one are we building? Because I know you have a demo for us. Exactly. So we had to pick and choose something to demo today. And today I'm going to be demonstrating things in the most simple case using a console application. But the Microsoft Graph.NET SDK works in uh, every and each of those other application types. Perfect. Let's get started. I'll share your screen. Great. So here I have a terminal open. Everything I'm showing here will be using the .NET CLI, but if you have the full version of Visual Studio, you can perfectly do that in Visual Studio as well. And I'm going to be uh, pasting a few uh, command lines here. Uh, the first one will create a new uh, project, which, which is the equivalent of um, um, file new project uh, in .NET uh, console application. Wonderful. And I'm sure there's some dependencies we need to add. That's of all course, uh, those uh, other two lines add two dependencies, the two dependencies we'll need. Uh, the first one being uh, Microsoft Graph.NET SDK to talk to Microsoft Graph APIs and Microsoft 365 services. And the second one, that, which I'm about to add, is the Azure Identity package. This is a package which handles uh, getting the access tokens, uh, all the authentication and authorization required for all the different uh, uh, contexts of your application. And this is one of the new things we've added with Microsoft Graph.NET SDK v4. We used to use other libraries for authentication purposes, but now we're using this new uh, dependency, which streamlines a lot the authentication story uh, when you build new applications. So after that, I'm going to open Visual Studio Code. That's excellent. That. And here, so we have an empty console application which writes hello world, of course. And uh, I'm going to quickly replace uh, some of the code here. We have a couple of things uh, that have been changed uh, since I created the console application. The first thing here is we switch to an async uh, main task. Now .NET supports that. This is how we don't make uh, blocking call um, calls uh, and the application can still process other commands or other things while it is uh, waiting for things on the network or, or on Discord and so on and so forth. The second uh, thing we have here is the device code credential. So I'm going to be using this uh, device code authentication flow. There are multiple authentication flows or authentication scenarios that are supported by Azure Identity, but I'm going to be uh, using uh, this one today. Excellent. So, and, and, and yeah. like, so We'll get the to the access token. How exactly? So this is what this um, device code credential is going to do for us. Uh, here you can see that I'm uh, instantiating this new uh, device code credentials, and then I'm passing it to the graph service client. And the graph service client is going to re um, rely on this um, device code credential, and it could be another kind of credential because. Um, Again, Azure Identity supports many different authentication scenarios and many different authentication flows. Um, and it's going to say, hey, Azure Identity, please go get a token for me so then I can call Microsoft Graph and, and, and talk to the APIs. Excellent. And, okay. And what's that user.read purpose? So you have to understand that Microsoft Graph is always secured. Anytime you call Microsoft Graph APIs to get access to data that's hosted in Microsoft 365 services, there is a notion of a scope or permission. By default, 
an application will not have any uh, permissions. You, as a developer, have to uh, request permissions either through passing the scope like I do here or setting it up in your application registration, which we'll do uh, a few minutes uh, later. But you have to say uh, to the service, hey, I want to have the following permissions to be able to do the following things on Microsoft Graph, which gives a great control to administrators and IT pros to understand which application is doing what, are they comfortable with granting those permissions or not, and so on and so forth. So this is a scope, and this scope uh, in particular will uh, grant my application the permission to uh, go read the current user's information. Oh, that's great. So we have about a minute and a half. I will let you go, but I want to know more about that app registration thing. But sure. So this is the next thing we're going to do uh, just right now. I'm going to okay. use uh, Microsoft Graph uh, PowerShell here uh, to register my application. So you can think of it as the identity card of an application. As users have identity cards because they have their accounts and their passwords, well, applications kind of have the same thing to be able to say, which application is calling this service, what permissions or scopes does it have, and all those different things. So here, what I've done is I've just registered a new application registration. So I've created an, an identity card um, for my application, and I'm going to uh, replace the different client ID, which is you know the unique name of my application, the tenant ID, which is the unique name of my organization in my code. So my application is configured and ready to go. And once I've done that, I'm ready to go here using the SDK uh, with the Fluent API we're providing to call the service and get some data. And I'm going to do that just right now. So uh, what's going to happen is Visual Studio Code will go ahead and um, call the .NET SDK to build my application, uh, start the debugging context. And here, if I expand the terminal here, because we're using the device code flow, which is one of the many flows that are available today again, it's telling me, hey, um, if you want to log in, just go to this URL, copy that code, which I'm going to do. You'll see that it redirects you to this page where you can paste the code, select your account, Again, this notion of scopes and permissions. So are you okay that uh, that application has access to all that data? In that case, we're okay with that. So we're going to consent to, to those permissions. And the sign-in is completed. So my application now is able to call the Microsoft Graph. And here we have, hello, Vincent Biret, which is the current username, which we got from calling the service using the Fluent API using the SDK. And then we displayed that using this line. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the chat. There are so many questions. Uh, there's Connor asking, uh, what other authentication scenario are supported? Oh, that's a very good question. So we do support a lot of different scenarios through uh, Azure Identity. I demonstrated the device code flow, which is great for low fidelity devices where you don't necessarily have an input method, um, like IoT devices or your TV or something like that. We also have a browser interactive flow. So that's better suited for, uh, for example, for a desktop application or a mobile application where it will open the browser, a request for the user to sign in, and then you know close the browser and go back to the application. Uh, we do have the client credential flows. Those are great for APIs or background agents where the API, well, the application has uh, either a secret or a certificate um, to talk to Microsoft Graph either on its own or representing a user. We also have uh, managed identity support that's beginning to, uh, to be available uh, here, where you basically build your application. It doesn't have any settings, but because it's deployed at one place, which has some kind of a identity trust with the identification system, it's able to get a token and talk to, to Microsoft Graph. Uh, and help me, Daryl, I'm probably forgetting a few. I think you covered quite quite a number of them, but the important thing is we support the same set of identity principles that Azure Identity and Azure SDKs use. So once you've learned how to use those things, you can use them the same way in Microsoft Graph and just share those credentials. So alignment with uh, how you work with Azure is is a key part of the Graph developer experience. Wonderful. So hitting multiple target with run one rock, that's good. Exactly. Don't make people relearn the same thing to do exactly the same job. Just because like it happens to come from a different team. Mm -hmm. um, we have also another question from the chatting, uh, how to copy file using Graph API, any method available? 
Uh, so if those files, well, it's not if it's those files are probably in either SharePoint or OneDrive, and you do have uh, copy methods or move methods that are available here, or APIs to be more specific. I don't remember the exact endpoint name on top of my mind, but I can look it up and we can come back to you on, on that specific question. There, there's a move action on drive item. Oh, there you go. Just search, go into the, the Graph API reference documentation and search for move, and it should you should find it. But as Vincent says, reach out and uh, in the Q&A, and you'll get answers. Excellent. Oh. I have another question from uh, Leonardo, who's asking, is it, simple, uh, yeah, is it simple to list custom attribute from user, from a user? So, um, because there is a couple of different things that are custom attributes, I, I think they have synchronized their directory on premises and they created uh, custom attributes there that they are sensing back to uh, the cloud. And uh, those show up, well, those are available, but you have to explicitly select them. So, you know how earlier Sebastian in his demo uh, talked briefly about select, the ID, the display name, and these other things? Well, what you have to understand is by default for any get or list endpoint for Microsoft Graph, it will only return to you a subset of the properties that are available. But you might have more properties that are actually returned when you uh, you know, play with it in Graph Explorer or so, or so. And to get those properties, that additional information, you have to use question mark, dollar $select, equals the field name you want to have uh, if you're using the API by itself. But if you're using, for example, the .NET SDK, we do have uh, extension methods that are available to do .select, and then you can provide the fields, additional fields you want to select, and you'll get those. In the .NET SDK specifically, uh, those fields that are custom and that are uh, not part of uh, the data we own and we have schematized and we have generated the types for will be located in uh, something called the additional uh, properties. So you have this dictionary that is available for any entity or user or group, whatever, and any uh, additional property that's not part of the schema that we know, typically custom properties, uh, will show up here. So not only you have to select it, but once you've selected it, uh, go look for the value in that dictionary. Wonderful. And in uh, 30 seconds, do we have any last questions, Daryl? Yes. So .NET, they've been making all kinds of awesome performance improvements. Mm -hmm. Are we taking any advantage of any of those things in our .NET SDKs? Of course. So back in August, I think, or late July, we released the version 4 of the .NET SDK, and it takes advantage of a lot of the benefits of the uh, new .NET capabilities and performance improvements. And, and one major improvement uh, here is we switched from newtonsoft.json to system.text.json for the JSON serialization and deserialization. And um, that yields uh, 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 several factors of uh, CPU usage improvement, but also of uh, memory usage and so on and so forth. So if you're already using the .NET SDK, but something below uh, version 4, well, we strongly encourage you to migrate to uh, version 4 because you'll get the latest and greatest uh, that we've put together, but also because you'll get uh, um, performance in, uh, improvement significantly. <laughs> Uh, I love it, Vincent. Very complete answer. Uh, let's bring everybody for that recap because it was packed of information. I want everyone on the screen. Prod, bring everyone, everyone. <laughs> while while they're all coming back, I want to make a comment in that like we've de we've seen demos of JavaScript, we've seen demos uh, of uh, C sharp, but the other SDKs we get a lot of usage. There are tens of thousands of apps built in PHP, in Java, and those SDKs are getting a lot of love. So uh, we are open to the entire. Uh, developer community. It's not just a traditional Microsoft ecosystem. If your company has uh, M365 or you have an Outlook.com account, which is free, then you can call Microsoft Graph. There's one in Python also, apparently, from uh, Fabian, right? Why, why, like, you can speak, Fabian. Don't text him. <laughs> I don't want to steal uh, you know, um, uh, Daryl's thunder. So yeah, um, I'm a huge fan of Python. Um, whenever I get a, um, the opportunity to actually build solutions and graph, I usually do with Python and Azure Functions. There was actually a question um, on, um, in, I think, the YouTube chat about Blazor. And um, one of the things that did for Brian's mailbag series is actually create a um, a blog post um, with mm -hmm. Sample Code in GitHub that's all around um, Microsoft Graph with um, Blazor and Python. Wonderful. Uh, every link, every connection will be available in the show notes. And stay tuned for more, because next week I will be back 
and I'll have tried to answer the, the, the question, where should I put my data and have Windows Teams? But now stay tuned because on Learn TV is Jay Gordon and Tanya talking security in Azure Fun Bytes. Bye, everybody. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Bye.